What's good, y'all? What's good, Real Talk Squad? This is Miles. Listening to Real Talk and Miles Johnson, where you know I always keep it real. Now I've got a special guest, a special, special guest returning for the show. My man Marcus. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's up, bro? It's been a minute since I've been on the show. So I appreciate you for having me on and giving me a call. Uh well, sending me a message. But it's it's always a pleasure to talk hoop with you. I know we've uh I know it's going to be a good show and i know we've got some good stuff to talk about so i just can't wait definitely definitely now shout us out i'm gonna shout out i'm gonna shout out, shout out your podcast tell the folks listening right now you know where they can find you oh yeah uh go talk with marcus twitter instagram tiktok uh youtube apple podcast iHeartRadio, spotify gtp marcus on everything um i've been doing football episode for all 32 teams up to 14 um it's it's been crazy so please 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 make sure you check that out miles has been on there so if you only want to watch those episodes with him you can you can do that that's fine um yeah man i appreciate it for sure for sure now him my man steezy justin payton y'all been locking in has some great content so i'll have all that in the description down below be sure to check that out so as y'all know y'all see by the title this is a hoops episode nba basketball episode my man Marcus coming here on talk some hoops and we'll get straight into it right now. Now we haven't talked since the, the finals, uh, since the Warriors beat the Celtics in uh you know in six in six games. Now I was on record saying that the Celtics would win in six games, and I was wrong. But how, what were your thoughts on the Warriors on Steph winning finals MVP? What was your thoughts on them, you know, winning that chip? I picked the Warriors to win the chip in August. Woo. I, I I was just I was convinced, and I know we saw like I know we we were just coming off of the Bucks winning the chip and the Suns having a really good season, but like I feel like a lot of times with injuries, especially with long term injuries, we kind of forget just how good a team or how good a player is, and that was I think the case with the Warriors. Was so we saw the ascension of Giannis and we kind of saw that maybe the Suns are kind of going to be good and like championship good for the first time in their. Uh, franchise's history, but I think it was like, well, wait a minute, we still got these dudes named Steph and Clay and Draymond that were dominating the league for the better part of our, not for the better part, but for the better part of recent memory up until yeah, yeah. Clay Thompson gets hurt. I thought that Clay Thompson, I thought that Steph and the Warriors were going to win the chip last season when Clay was going to come back, but then he tore his Achilles on top of already having torn his ACL. So this is a hungry team that wanted a lot to prove. They did a lot of like the. You, you want a master class on developing young talent. Literally just watch the Warriors as they've progressed over the last, what is it now, 13 seasons with Steph Curry because they have put a master class on of developing young talent. They, they, they you know, they draft, um, they, they draft Poole, they draft Moose, uh, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga last season. They bring in Aaron Andrew Wiggins in a trade that I will admit I was against at first because I was really excited to potentially see Steph, Clay, Dre, and D'Lo together. I thought that would have been pretty much what we got with Steph, Clay, Dre, and Jordan Poole, but it's a little bit better because I think DeAndre Russell at his best is better than Jordan Poole, of course. But yeah. Andrew Wiggins was consistently the best player on this team offensively and defensively as far as like he's the only guy you could rely on to be really good offensively and really good defensively. Um and that is an underrated quality, and I hope he gets paid. Um, I am on record as saying that the only reason why Wiggins 
was an all-star this season was because there was no Klay Thompson. Um, and mm. while I do still believe that, I do also think, and I was never an Andrew Wiggins hater, but I do think that Andrew Wiggins silenced a lot of his hater because, you know, there, we were talking about, a lot of people were saying, oh, Andrew Wiggins is the biggest bust since Anthony Bennett or whatever for just not seem like he wasn't, but he came out, he thrived in his role, and now he's a champion. Um, for Steph, we're talking four championships in eight years, um, which is insane to think of. Um, this is a Warriors team that is now the, the fourth team in history to do that. we got to go back to obviously the Bulls with MJ. We got to go back to the Showtime Lakers and we got to go back all the way back to Bill Russell and his Celtics way, way, way back in the day. Those are only four teams to go to at least uh, eight finals and win four of them or go to the finals. Um, I think it's six times and win four of them or something along that. Either way, it's insane to think of. It's a really good football or really good basketball team. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the Warriors. And I'm not going to jump the gun just yet. I want to wait until see free agency. But I, as always, I make my pick in August once everything's wrapped up. Yeah, It's looking right now like the Warriors are going to go back and win it again. It, 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 really, it really is. Whether the, I know there's rumors about there's interest. There, there's rumored interest with KD coming back. And, and Steph and Clay and Dre have all been uh, informed of that. And I know how you feel about that, obviously. But... If that happens, even if that doesn't happen, we're talking about a team with of the Golden State Warriors that has so much depth now. I think this is the deepest the Warriors have ever been in the Stephen Curry yes. era. We're yes. talking about a team in the Phoenix Suns who's taken a step back a little bit. I think they're going to lose DeAndre Aiden. This is a conference that has two good bigs, Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis has a health problem. So we're talking about a situation where what the only – I don't worry about cat. We're talking oh about a situation. God, we'll, get later. About, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We're talking about a situation where the where where a conference with really one good bona fide big in Nikola Jokic, and this is a team that has thrived on small ball from its inception. Really, of course, I think the Golden State Warriors could make it through the Western Conference again and be back in the Western in the in, in the NBA Finals for what would be the fifth time in nine years. But more importantly, it'd be the fifth time in seven playoff appearances that they've made the finals, which is even crazier to think of. No, facts, facts. I mean, I've been a Warriors hater since I was maybe like a sophomore in high school, uh, or even like a freshman in high school when they first won in 2015. Uh, and ever since then, as a big Brown fan, I was like, these light-skinned brothers, Steph, Clay. <laughs> I'm tired of these guys. Draymond always talking trash. I'm tired of these guys. I'm here to say now they have that's like this chip validated their dynasty, you know, because it was all this talk about the first ring. Kyrie was out. Kevin Lowe was out. Yep. I never gave him that respect. And then in 2016, they blew a 3-1 lead. Come 2017-2018, they got KD, the second best player in the world at the time. Yep. I mean, you're supposed to win. Yeah. So this was like the first time where it was like, okay, I had the, you know, y'all was down two one at a certain point. People, well, a lot of people were were picking the Celtics. Heck, I even saw on ESPN BPI, it was like the Celtics were like a seventy five plus mm-hmm. percent favorite over the Warriors. This was like when they were down three two at this point too. So people were still down the Warriors and they rose on top. And so I got to yep. give him that credit. And that chip proves that, you know, they can win, right? They can win despite the injuries. You know, injuries are all part of sports. 
But the Celtics, Tatum was playing. Jalen Brown was playing. Marcus Smart was playing. There was no injuries. You can't say no excuses. They won fair and square. Got to give him that respect. Speaking of Andrew Wiggins, the defense he played on Jason Tatum was <sighs> phenomenal. I mean, like, Absolutely. the fact that he essentially shut him down. I will say that Tatum is that good of a of a player that he shouldn't be just scoring two points in the second half of a, a game six. You know, you're, 100%. you know, you know, you're Andrew Wiggins is a good defender, but he's not, you know, he, you can still get more than two points. So I think the, the, the job Wiggins did not only on the offensive end being basically their second best player consistently throughout the finals, but on the defensive end as a big, big reason why they won that championship and you know, it's talking about talking about Steph Curry. <sighs> that game four, that was iconic. I had a video. I was like, "That's his game. That's that. That's the oh, Steph 100%. Curry game. Yeah, game four. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was they were on the verge of being down three one. You're, you're not coming back from three one. I don't care nobody. So you're not yeah. nobody. Nobody's Brian. You're not. You're not. You're not doing that again. Yeah. So uh, the fact that he was able to put up that forty piece when nobody could buy a bucket, uh, that was that Steph Curry game. And we look when we do 10, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, people are going to look back at that game and be like, oh, yeah, that's when Steph Curry proved that he can get it done in the finals. And yeah. we're talking about Steph Curry, is he top 10? I've been on record saying that he is top 10, and I will go to bat saying that he's top 10. But I want to hear your opinion. I, I, I had something on Instagram. I was like, he's top 10 undebatably. You said, oh, it's a debate. It is. I think it is. I think it is a debate. Listen, and I want to start by saying this is not as this is not. There are some debates that are undeniable, right? Mm -hmm. Like like there are some debates that are non-negotiable. It doesn't mean like to even have the debate. You might as well be like it is undeniable that no matter what order you have them in, it is undeniable that Jordan, Kareem and LeBron are the three greatest players of all time. That's undeniable. That that is that is a fact. I, I you you can't name a guy better than any of those three guys at the game of basketball ever. Like that's a fact, right? It is undeniable that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. That, that's a fact. You can't deny that. I, I can go on about Michael Phelps and swimming and, and, and Serena Williams as, as a tennis player and Tiger Woods as a golfer. All of those things are undeniable. Here is my one pushback on Steph Curry being top 10. And real quick, I'll list you my top 10. It's for me, it's LeBron, okay. Jordan, uh, LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Magic. Um, it's been a minute. <laughs> I'll just do it in no particular order. I've got LeBron, Kareem, uh, LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Shaq's up there, Kobe's up there. I've got Will in my top 10. Kobe, obviously, Bird, Duncan, and Olajuwon. That's my top 10. Um, yeah. Curry's 11. There's two reasons why Curry's 11. And one of them is more important to me than the other. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, everyone in their consensus top 10 has at least two finals MVPs. I don't really harp on that that much. I do think that that's a valid point that you can make. That is a point that you can make if you want to compare accolades. But this is what I say. And this is, I think, something that will be, I think, because of how great Steph is, I do think it will be ignored the way we've ignored it with Magic and, and, and Bird. And that's this. There's two sides of the basketball. And all 10 guys in my top 10 undeniably are better defenders than Steph Curry ever. Steph Curry's not a bad defender, but he's not as good as a defender of Jordan or as Kobe or as any of these other guys, right? Now you talk about people say, oh, well, what about Magic and Bird? Okay, well, Bird led the league in steals 
three times, I believe. I might have it mixed up. I did comment it on it on a post. If I'm not, I'm sorry, Magic led the league in steals three times, and Bird has three all, uh, three all defensive teams, first teams to his name, right? But Bird is also the first and only ever three-time MVP, and Magic and Bird are kind of like together. When we, whether people always argue about what the greatest era of basketball is, and we do this all the time. We hear old guys and new guys do all the time. But, and this is a fact, you can look it up. The 1980s has already been dubbed as the golden age of basketball. The two faces of the 1980s were Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Those guys dominated the 80s in a way that I don't think you can say there's any other duo that dominated a decade the way that Magic and Bird did as far as finals appearances, as far as uh, uh, single player accolades, team accomplishments, all of that. So as... As, as not while you can make the argument that they weren't stout defenders, they were elite offensively. Like Larry Bird was a splendid three point shooter. He was a splendid shooter all around. He was a really, really, really good basketball player. Bad man. Right? We've seen man. we've seen white dudes play ball, but like Larry Bird is the greatest white dude to ever step foot on an NBA basketball court. He's just that good. Magic is the greatest point guard of all time. He is the only listed point guard anyway that could play the one, the two, the three, the four, and the five. How do I know this? Because he closed out an NBA finals playing the center as a point guard. He did that. So for me, the only guy I look at and I say you could make, you could put Curry in and instead of him would be Hakeem. And that's because there's a strong argument that can be made that Hakeem doesn't have his two chips if Jordan doesn't retire the first time. That's a fair argument to make. Right. But the what if game is a very dangerous game because we can take it a step further and say if Ray Allen never hits that corner three, then Jordan's not the only guy that's six in the finals. Duncan is, too. Right. Yeah. Keep going. You mentioned earlier what the what if game. Well, if Kyrie and Caleb aren't hurt in 2015, the Warriors don't win that first chip. Right. There's so many what ifs. So I don't like to play what ifs. I'll just I'll say this one last thing. Right. Steph Curry has absolutely revolutionized the game of basketball. And I see a lot of people say that that is the reason why he's top 10 to me. Those are two different discussions, right? There is a top 10 guys of guys that revolutionized the game of basketball. Those are still, you know, your LeBrons, your Kobe's. Curry's obviously on that list. Jordan's on that list. Allen Iverson's on that list. But then there's the 10 best people to have ever stepped foot on an NBA basketball court. And right now, for me, Steph Curry is 11. I do think, though, that because of how prolific he is offensively, there will come a point in time down the line where it will become undisputed because he's just that good offensively where it won't matter that he hasn't been selected to any defensive teams won't matter that he hasn't really been that prolific defender but right now because i can name 10 guys defensively that are better than steph and and those same 10 guys are in the same and this might sound crazy but if you really think about it those same 10 guys are in the same stratosphere or close to offensively i have to give those 10 guys the nod Right. Like, and, and, and so that that's what it is for me. But I'm not one of those guys that will sit up here and tell you, oh, you're wrong if you have Steph top 10 because he's got the argument. Right. No one's going to hit more threes than him. Right. You know what I mean? He, he's the, the only unanimous MVP in the history of the NF, in, in the NBA. Right. He's done a lot of things that no one's ever done. Right. And so he has it's not that it's not that it's an open and shut like, no, he's not. But a lot the same way that people say with the same way that Jordan fans say with LeBron that the cement is still wet, it's not dry, and there's still a chance that guys that don't think LeBron is the GOAT could be the GOAT. I think that same way about Steph. Steph's cement's not dry yet, right? We're going to see Steph around in his prime, I would say, for at least another five years. 
and we'll still see yeah. Steph play basketball for at least another seven, right? At, at the minimum, he'll be playing for at least another seven years because he's a shooter. He might play longer than that. Yeah, There's still time for him to get in there. But right now, I don't know as great as he is offensively. I just feel like it, it hasn't gotten to that point where you can completely ignore the defensive liability, for lack of a better word, that Stephen Curry is. That's my only knock. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do the accolades thing because he's got four chips, right? And if you go down the list of NBA champions, there aren't many guys in the hi- in the in the history of the league that has more than four chips. We're talking, uh, we're talking MJ. We're talking Kareem. MJ. We're talking Kareem. We're talking Magic. Kobe. We're talking Magic. We're talking Duncan. Those are the only Bill guys Russell, off the top ben of my Russell. head, That's right? It. And Bill Russell that have more chips than Curry. So I'm not going to do the I'm not going to do the achievements thing because. I'd be crazy if I said his achievements aren't enough. I'm going to say that because there's a whole other side of the basketball that Steph's not great at, that's why he's not top 10. But he'll get there. He'll get there for sure. I got you. See, when I look at it, it's the fact that he is the greatest shooter of all time. And yeah. we talk about who's the greatest. Oh, Michael Jordan, he is one of the greatest, probably the greatest, like, layup pat. I'm, I'm, no matter if I probably see, like, you know, Iverson or Kyrie, they got the best layup package. But you talk about sure. a guy that can just like fly up in the air, dunk it, do all these yeah. acrobatics. Jordan is that top guy. Talk about the greatest passer ever, Magic. Talk about greatest IQ, LeBron. You know, you know, yeah. you know. It's like it, it's like the greatest for like each you know thing. Yeah. yeah, everybody on the top ten really has that. Talk about yeah. the most dominant player of all time. That Shaq, he's got to be in, in the top ten. The greatest winner. Bill Russell, gotta be in the top ten, or he's 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 in most top tens. Uh, with Curry, that greatest shooter of all time argument is huge for me. And I think in terms of the offense, his offense doesn't just it, his offense isn't just elite for himself. Steph Curry's offense is so elite that he literally frees up space. For Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is not a Hall of Famer without Steph Curry. Draymond Green is not a Hall of Famer without Steph Curry. I can make an argument that those two got that Steph Curry would still be a Hall of Famer without Clay or Draymond. I think that in the, the day, what Curry has done for his teammates also puts him over the top that I don't see of course. other guys in the top 10 or around that top 12, you know, area. Not everybody has that Kobe was amazing, right? That he had the same effect on his teammates, the way that Curry has, you know, it's, you know, it's two different leaders, but the way that Curry enhances his teammates uh, as well, it's not in the assist. You're not going to see it in the assist all the time, but in terms of freeing up space, uh, you know, in this championship, I think showed, it's going to be a hot take that Steph, regardless that KD was on those Warriors teams and they won two chips. He was the finals and the MVP both times that Steph was still the best player on that team. And I say that because KD literally could be, could ISO anybody and not be double teamed because the other team is worried about Steph Curry putting up 20 points in a quarter. They're worried about the threat that he has offensively. So when you talk about the greatest shooter of all time, when you talk about, what he's done to enhance his teammates' careers. You don't, we don't even think of 
uh, Kevin Durant. I feel like the same way we do now. Yes, you know, I, I've I've been on him about you know him going to Golden State. I'll forever be on him for that. But you can't take away his Finals MVPs. But he joined Steph Curry for that. That's got to be something that I think enhances Curry's legacy, especially after KD and we're going to talk about him later on hasn't gotten it done. You know, since uh, he's left Steph Curry uh, and just 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 talk about the offensive, you know, him on offense. I feel like it's so great that he's not the I don't think he's all right. He's not no all world, you know, defensive guard for sure. I'm not going to say that, but I do think that his defense has been is a little bit underrated, you know, and especially especially since 2019. Talk about Draymond Green talked about it, how he's been locking it in the gym. And I think this is after, you know, he lost that finals uh, and that, that, you know, and that motivated him against Toronto. That motivated him to be like, let me get in the gym. And since then, he hasn't been, you haven't seen, I haven't seen Steph Curry get bullied the way that he used to get no, bullied of course in the not. past. No, of course not. Right. Yeah. So you talk about, you know, his defense isn't no world class. He's not no, uh, he's not, he's, he's, he's not the, the glove or Marcus Smart, nothing like that. Uh, but I do think that his, his his defense is a B, a B, you know, a B plus on some nights, right? So you know, his defense isn't that far off. Uh, but his but his offense and being the greatest weapon in this game right now, the greatest weapon uh, in pr- probably in the past you know eight years uh, since he's really come to come to dominance in the NBA, I uh, gotta put him up there. But I, I know I like your point that you know his story isn't you know written right now he has a bunch of years left i think that steph will play till he's 43 i mean worst case scenario he can be a spot-up shooter he can be a jj reddick he can be a, a ray allen right so you know, where's the worst case scenario he plays till 40 some and you know the records that he's gonna break as well he could end up getting to that top eight he, I he think can, another he thing that she can get in that maybe tops, you know, tops. He can get into that upper echelon of like that Kobe, that that bird, that like your know, top eight, top seven area, especially with the records that he's gonna every time he shoots a three, that's another record, like every single time. Uh, and that's record that's never gonna be broken. Uh, but no, that's a valid point. I think that as at his peak, at his peak. This past eight, this past eight years, this past, you know, six, seven years. I don't think there's there isn't 10 guys that I see that have a better peak than Steph Curry. But now I like what you said that, you know, his story is not written. Uh, now I want to get into uh, his ex-teammate, Kevin Durant. Been on record. Been going at him. You know, I've been telling him he hasn't, he doesn't like adversity. He runs when, when, it, when it gets hard. Uh, I was I was pretty disgusted to uh, see him request a trade uh, from the Nets. Now, do you think the Nets are the best destination for him, or should he go to uh, Miami, a Phoenix, or you know what do you think is the best place for Kevin Durant? The Nets aren't the best place for Kevin Durant, but it's not for the reasons that one would think. It's actually quite simple. And and I... Kevin Durant is superb. 
Kevin Durant has proven, and it's it's a, it's a point of contention. I don't think anyone in the world will ever agree on it, or I don't think everyone in the world will ever agree on this. But I think that Kevin Durant has proven that he can be the best player on a championship team. The issue is, I feel like because of the way that Kevin's career has gone, I think sometimes we've over-exaggerated what's happened up to this point, right? When KD and, and Harden and, and Russ were still in OKC, they made it to the finals. Like that is a team that had the like had championship potential. When, when you talk about some of the greatest combinations of talent to never win a championship, that is one of the first combinations of talent that comes up. And I think what happened in OKC was they gave up on that too soon. Now, I don't know if that's because they knew that Harden would maybe get, maybe they they knew that Harden would get really good. And so they wouldn't be able to hold all three of those contracts or what. But that blew up, in my opinion, too quick. Because I think if you keep those three together for a little bit longer, they win win a championship. That's number one. Number two. So KD leaves the Thunder and goes to Golden State. And that has been dubbed as the weakest move in the history of basketball. You could make that argument. But let me just offer this as food for thought. Right? We all have acknowledged that KD could only go as far as he did with the Thunder now because at that point, there is no longer any James Harden. Right? When they blew the 3-1 lead, James Harden's gone. It's just Russ and KD. That pairing had already run its course. It wasn't going to get any further. So what should KD have done? Stay and then we slander KD for not being as great as he should have been? No, he leaves. Do I agree that going to the team that came back down 3-1 against you was the smartest thing to do? No, I don't subscribe to the if you can't beat them, join them philosophy, but I'm not going to hate on Kevin Durant for having left OKC, right? Now he goes to he goes to Golden State, wins the two championships, would have been three if he and or Klay uh, Thompson doesn't get hurt. But again, we're not going to play the what-if game. What I will say, though, is this. What did everybody say about Kevin Durant the second he won his first championship? Oh, well, it's not going to mean anything if he can go somewhere else and win another one. So KD's hearing this. He is the most active superstar on social media as far as engaging with the fans as anybody. Like, we know we see LeBron on there, but LeBron's always promoting the, the brand and stuff. Yeah, Kevin Durant Katie's sensitive. claps back. He's sensitive. Sure. Right? So every all we said about KD was, all everyone said about KD was, if you can't win a championship elsewhere, then these championships here in Golden State means nothing. Well, what is a man of KD's caliber that knows who he is and knows how great he is is going to do? He's going to leave. That's what happened. So I do think that the fans and the media bullied Kevin Durant out of Golden State. And this is where I start to disagree with the masses. Because here's number one. Number one, I think we've forgotten just who Kevin Durant is. I think we've forgotten that before Kevin Durant went to Golden State, he was a former MVP and he was a scoring champion and was on the verge of becoming, if not already, the best player in the world. I think he was on the verge of becoming that. Right. I think in 17 and 18, he was the best player in the world. But going to Brooklyn, we look at his three years in Brooklyn. And I saw your show with with Joel of Picasso. And I love Picasso. And I love Joel. And I'm trying to get Joel on my podcast. But and I wish he was here because I because I would tell him this. I don't oh, really like have a trio. I, I, I don't yeah. like talking about people's takes without them being in my face so I can talk to them about it. But it's fine. Hey, well, come on, man. Come I just wanted to bring it up again. Joel said that Luka Doncic has has accomplished more in the last three years than Kevin Durant does, and that's why he's in his top five. That's a fact. But I think, again, that sometimes – and I'm not saying that Joel – I'm not saying that Joel does this. I'm just using that as an example, as a thing that someone will say. And I, and Joel's a smart man. I know he does. He's, he's not one of these people. 
But I think we've forgotten just what's happened over the last three years in, in Kevin Durant's career. He missed all of his first season in Brooklyn. Why? Because of his Achilles injury. He comes back in his second season, plays phenomenal basketball, was an MVP candidate in that season, takes his team to the playoffs. But what happened? James Harden was a shell of himself and Kyrie Irving was hurt. So he gets bounced out. Then what happens this season? James Harden forces his way out. Kyrie Irving doesn't play basketball until like the last 10 games of the season. And they get swept by the Boston Celtics. Should the player of Kevin Durant's caliber ever be swept in the first round? No. And, I, and I'm not going to give KD a pass on that. But what I will say is the same thing we sat and we talked about how if Kyrie Irving played more games of basketball, the Nets would have never been in that situation. That is the same way we need to look at it from that lens and say, hey, let's talk about just how great Kevin Durant has been over the last two and a half seasons, really, because he did miss half of this season, roughly, and all of his first season in Brooklyn. I say all that to say this. I think Kevin Durant is still a phenomenal talent. And I think that because we as fans and members of the media, I think we've been spoiled. I think LeBron James, not to sound corny, I don't actually believe this, but there is an argument to be made that LeBron James has ruined basketball. Because LeBron made it look easy. LeBron went to, what, 10 straight finals or, or something like that? He went to eight straight in the East, went to 10 straight overall, won four of them, something along those lines. Like, LeBron James made winning championships look easy. Michael Jordan made winning championships look easy because he every time he went, he did it. Steph Curry, to a degree, has made championships look easy. And I think what we've forgotten is that even if you are the best of the best, the upper echelon of your craft, it's still takes a lot to win a championship. Tom Brady has made championships look easy. Like we, yeah. we have we have grown up in a world we're talking about Tiger Woods and Serena Williams and Brady and and all these great champions that have won multiple champions and have been elite and at the top of their craft for an extended period of time and we have let that blind us on how, what it takes to actually win a championship. Allen Iverson is probably not probably Allen Iverson is the pound for pound goat. There is no one in the history of basketball at Allen Iverson's height or weight that played better basketball than him. Allen Iverson, as great as he was, is so great that we had to give him one game against the, the Los Angeles Lakers in 2001 because that's how good he was, but his team wasn't. Again, we there are so many great players that win so many great I mean, so many championships in a short period of time that it made us think that champ, winning a championship is easy. So I love Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant's the best in the world. I think I've always, I felt that way from the moment that he won the second championship, mm -hmm. right? I've always felt that way from the moment he won the second championship. But again, I think that we've been spoiled and we think that championships to win them are easy. A lot's got to go right. And a lot of luck gets played in, like we, we talked about the Suns last season, their whole run to the final. We say, oh, well, if AD was healthy, they wouldn't have made it in the first round. That's luck. It's not the Suns' fault, but that's luck. I think you have to have a lot of good breaks, but there's a lot of things that just have to go your way in order for you to get to a position to win a championship and then ultimately win it. I do think that Kevin Durant has been kind of disrespected a little bit. I'm not going to disagree with you. Going back to Golden State would be the worst thing Kevin Durant can do. Oh my. He better go anywhere we'll but Golden too. State. That can't happen. But if you just look at the trajectory of Kevin Durant's career and just who he is and what he was doing and how great he is at this game we call basketball, given all that he could do in the situation that he was doing, I think that because of all the great champions that we've been exposed to in our lifetimes, that has caused us to be harder 
on really, really, really good to great players that haven't won as many, right? We do it with Aaron Rodgers. We do it with James Harden. We've done it with KD. We do it with so many great players at their craft because of how great they are. And we expect them to just automatically rattle off three to four championships. And it's not that easy. And until we as fans and until members of the media kind of realize that and accept that to be truth, I don't think Kevin Durant's ever going to get truly his flowers until he's gone and we get career retrospectives. But like, if you want to hate on Katie, I'm not going to get mad at you. You know, we're, we're all entitled to our opinions, but I, I like to look at the big picture from start to bottom or from top to bottom. And from top to bottom, the fact of the matter is there aren't that many players in the NBA today that are better than Kevin Durant. And despite all that he's gone through and, and the failure that is the Brooklyn Nets, he's still a top five player in the league, I think. And lastly, but most importantly, the Brooklyn Nets failing, this is going to be, I'm going to get so much hate from this. I don't care. The Brooklyn Nets failing is not Kevin Durant's fault. Kevin Durant was on his way to the Knicks when he left Golden State. Kevin Durant is in Brooklyn because of Kyrie Irving. So if we're going to put some blame on this, if someone's to blame for what is arguably the biggest failure in the history of basketball, it should be Kyrie Irving because Kyrie wanted to team up with KD in Brooklyn because Kyrie wanted to form his own culture in Brooklyn. They still wanted to play together, but Kyrie wanted to do his own thing in Brooklyn and kind of get that. He didn't want to join the Knicks culture and be a Nick. He wanted to be a net and, and, and create the old, his, own, his own culture around the Brooklyn Nets. And there's no shot at Kyrie for doing that. But if that's your goal, Kyrie should be the guy that we're not, not, not bashing because he shouldn't be bashed, but he, we should be blaming for this failure because if there is no Kyrie, KD's in a New York Nick and would probably still be a New York Nick, I think. And he probably wouldn't have asked, well, maybe he would have because the Knicks suck, but he would be by himself. He would have had his own team. I think KD, because of his friendship for Kyrie, is in Brooklyn because he is friends with Kyrie. He's wanted to ball with Kyrie. He wants to play with his friend, right? And mm-hmm. you know what our mothers always tell us, right? If your friends tell you to jump off a cliff, are you going to jump off a cliff? You shouldn't. And I think in this instance, Kevin Durant jumped off a cliff with his friend, and that has now resulted in a lot of people trying to tarnish his legacy. But again, if we're going to talk about who's to blame for this failure in Brooklyn, it should be Kyrie because KD was on his way to the other team in New York. He was on his way to the yeah. Knicks. And if it wasn't for Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant would have been a Nick, not a net. No, that's facts. Look, if you talk about blame, percentage of blame, I believe 75% of the blame goes to Kyrie Irving. Sure. I have 20 of it go to KD because mm-hmm. in terms of he wasn't that leader. If Again, sure, the best player of the team doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be the leader. Yeah, but in Katie's case, he wasn't a leader. It's not like Kyrie. He Kyrie thinks he he thinks he's he's a leader and he's not. Mm-hmm. At least on the basketball court. Now outside of the, outside of basketball, you know he has he has he has a lot of good stuff with the community, all that. But on the basketball court, Kyrie has shown he is not a leader. So it was Katie's job to be that leader for the Nets. He was not. That's why I give him twenty percent of the blame and five percent of it goes to Steve Nash. I, again, sure. I, I, that he is a terrible coach. Ever since he been in Brooklyn, he would play Katie sure. 48, 46 minutes in the playoffs, burn him out. I'm like, is that, is, is that your only game plan? So I'll yeah. give you, it's not just Kevin Moran's fault, but like you said, 
Katie's first year, out for the entire year. Katie's second year was a couple inches away from beating the eventual champions. The Bucks. And that year, everybody had the Brooklyn Nets going to the finals. Yeah. No, as true. a healthy team. Yeah. So I, I think, again, like that's a part that we have to recognize. No, facts. And so they almost beat the Bucks mm-hmm. last year. And then come this year, Kyrie, again, this is this is his views, but he sabotaged the, the season. This is no way around. He sabotaged the season. But because of those points, that's why myself and a lot of people are so disgusted by Kevin Durant wanting a trade is because he never gave the Nets a real shot. So it's like if you just run it back with Kyrie Irving, you got Ben Simmons, you got Seth Curry, you got Joe Harris, you got Nick Class, and you all signed back. You got Patty Mills, who was a seasoned vet, who's won multiple championships, or he, he's, he's won that chip with the Spurs. You got a very good team. If you're the top, if you're a top five player, if you're, you know, a lot of people think that he's top three as well. If you're really that guy, then that's a championship roster. And you, you should be able to win a championship if yeah. everybody, you know, stays together, no injuries, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Days together, got they got that chemistry. Yeah. You should just run it back. So that's where a lot of the the blame goes with Kevin Durant on my side. Cause it's like, bro, you didn't even give him a chance. And talking about you do what you know, you do what your friends do. If your friend gonna fall off a cliff, you're gonna you gonna you're gonna fall fall off a cliff too. I feel like because Kyrie wanted out, KD is like, heck, I want out too. And I'm like, I he's think- not he's not uh, uh, yeah, go on. I feel I I'll be honest with you. I think KD was always going to ask for a trade. I think KD made up in his mind during the season he was going to ask out, mm. and I, I I really do. And I think what we've what we I, Kyrie Irving opted in to his contract. That doesn't mean Kyrie Irving's not leaving. It simply means Kyrie Irving. It is much easier for if the Nets want to trade Kyrie Irving. Yeah. It's much easier to just find a trade partner than find a sign-in trade partner. Because when you're signing and trading, the salaries have to match, like with not much wiggle room. If you're just going to trade, number one, you can get more back for it. But number two, more importantly, there's a little bit of wiggle room with your salary. That's not, that's something not a lot of people know. Like the salary cap gymnastics with a signing trade are a lot more restricted than with a regular trade. I think KD had already made up in his mind during the season he wanted to trade. And I think the reason why is because Kyrie Irving is only committed to Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to slander Kyrie Irving for that because he's a grown man. And, 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 and if he wants to only be committed to himself, he should be able to do that. I think Kevin Durant has recognized that while the roster, when healthy and when everyone is fully available, is a championship roster, the big question mark isn't health. The big question mark is availability. Because if you're looking at Kevin Durant, he's coming off an Achilles injury. He's coming off of some knee issues last season and some hamstring issues this season. Kevin Durant has been dealing with a lot of injuries the last couple of seasons. We have not seen Kevin Durant play a full season, a full healthy season of basketball. So we're talking, right. And, 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 And when I say healthy season, I don't mean all 82. That's insane. We don't get all 82 nowadays. When I say healthy, I'm talking about at least 65 games. Off the top of my head, Kevin Durant hasn't played at least 65 games since Golden, State. since Golden State. So when I'm thinking about all of that, what I'm saying is if I'm Kevin Durant, I would have asked for a trade too. 
doesn't look good eggs for a trade out of the Brooklyn Nets. But Kevin Durant wants to go somewhere where he can compete for a championship. And when your guy, your number two guy, who is the reason why you're there, has made conscious decisions to put other things over basketball. This is this is a guy in Kevin Durant who doesn't have a girlfriend. He's not married. He has no kids. Like KD is, is all hoops. about Hooper. He is the quintessential Hooper. He gets up every day for the love of basketball and for the wanting to win a championship. And while the roster on in Brooklyn, when fully healthy and available, is a championship roster, Kyrie Irving has made it clear that there are things outside of basketball that he does prioritize. And that's Kyrie's business. And I'm not going to slander him for that because that's his choice. He's chosen to do that. But because KD has recognized that, me personally, I don't blame KD for leaving. I do have an issue, though, with, and this is, again, when we're talking about slandering and the legacy, I do have an issue with this automatic assumption that because KD wants out, it has to be because Golden State just won a championship. Like, it can't be any other yeah. reason than because Golden State has won a championship. Those yeah. are the people in this conversation that really, like, bother me on Twitter and when you're talking, when you because it's like there are other things that, ha- that, that Kevin Durant is worried about. Again, he's a scoring champion. He's an MVP. He is one of the greatest scores the game has ever seen. He's one of the greatest one-on-one scores the game has ever seen. I think those two things are undeniable. Kevin Durant, if he retires tomorrow, is A, a Hall of Famer, but B, and most importantly, is one of the greatest players ever. Top 15, top 20 player ever. Kevin Durant, honestly, could care less that the Golden State Warriors just won a championship. Oh, I beg you. I I really don't think it, I I don't, I don't think it matters that much to Kevin. It matters something, I would of course, yeah, it's, it's, a it's a factor. It's a factor. I don't sure. think it is the factor, though. Is what no, I'm I, I don't, I don't think that, that is that. the reason why Kevin Durant is leaving Brooklyn to go play for whether it's Miami or go play for Phoenix. I, that, there are other things the man is worried about than what Steph, Clay, and Draymond are doing. Like, let's give he might be sensitive, but let's give him some credit. Like, there are other things he is worried about in life than what Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green are doing. No, facts. I don't think it's the I don't think him going to Golden State or him, you know, him thinking about what, you know, him thinking about Golden State winning a championship. That's not, I don't believe that's like the, the big, the major factor in him wanting out. I think it is. I think it is reason he's like, oh, these guys, you know, I, 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 I bet it's crossed his mind. Like, damn, these guys won without me. Like, you know, it's just like, as a human feeling, you're like, you know, dang, like, it's kind of like, yo, your girl, she got somebody else. Who's look better than you after y'all was together? You, you know, human, you know, just the natural human feelings would be like, dang, like, you know, she got somebody better than me. So I thought like he definitely felt that way. But if he, but if Kevin Durant truly felt like he could win a championship with the Nets, he would still be there. It wouldn't be, he, he's not, mm-hmm. he's not leaving the, the Nets just because the Warriors. So I definitely agree with that. Uh, but you know, I, nobody is uh, saying that Katie isn't that guy the reason why people have said the Warriors were so unfair is because KD is that guy and I think Mm -hmm. KD doesn't understand when people are like dude you made the NBA unfair that's because you're that good you're that good if you were Harrison Barnes if you were Gordon Hayward if you were like you know not even Gordon Hayward if you were like Otto Porter like if you were anybody else that was like a a good small forward but nothing like nothing crazy nobody would, would be talking about you the way they are it's because you're so great and people expect you to basically be like LeBron James like you basically alluded to and we've been spoiled because people have thought Oh, if if this guy just goes to another team 
and builds a super team, they're automatically going to win a championship. That's what Braun has done every single time, every single place he's gone to. People think, okay, that's like the norm now. So I do think that in the day, the Nets, talent-wise, roster-wise, on paper, are the best team he can go to. I feel like, you know, he, he wanted to go to, he wants to go to Phoenix or Miami. Uh, I just feel like they're going to gut their roster so much. It's kind of like when Carmelo went to the Knicks. It was like, you know, it would have been nice if he was a free agent and went to the Knicks, but they didn't trade their whole roster to get you. So I think at the end of the day, if he gets traded to Miami, they're still not better than the Bucks. I They're probably like, I, I, think I think Katie to Miami makes Miami a championship contender, a legitimate championship contender. Legit, so if they, so they would have to obviously keep, they're going, they would keep Jimmy. But what if they have to trade Bam? Oh, matter of fact, no, they can't trade. Well, it would probably be like a three team trade because they would have to, the Miami would have to trade Bam, probably like, to like some third team because you can't have two rookie mass contracts with Ben Simmons and Bam on the same team. So I do think that if KD comes to Miami, it's no way in hell that Bam stays there. That's fine. Uh, so you're, you're, sacrific- you're sacrificing defense, but you have now Jimmy Butler going back to what he loves to do, which is be a facilitator. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, just because Jimmy Butler can drop 30 a night doesn't mean Jimmy Butler is best at dropping 30 a night. That's not what Jimmy Butler is for. And, and, yeah. and again, just because he can do it doesn't mean he should be doing it. Jimmy Butler, when you look back when he was on your Sixers, what was Jimmy Butler doing? Jimmy Butler was the primary ball handler. He was facilitating everything around him. And, and the only time, time Jimmy Butler was really scoring was in crunch time or when Ben Simmons was on the floor, who is another primary ball handler. Why? Because Jimmy Butler's a better scorer, obviously, than Ben Simmons. What Miami lacks right now is a solid number two and a reliable number three. They thought they thought Kyle Lowry was going to be that guy. He's not. They thought Victor Oladipo was going to be that guy. He could be, but I think that's too much pressure on a guy who's coming off of two near career-ending injuries in Victor Oladipo. If you if, if and I'm just going to spitball some stuff. If you're talking about Bam Adebayo, obviously, because you're right, he would be gone. If you're talking about Bam Adebayo and you're talking about um, – Duncan Robinson would be on that as well because he's not worth the money that they paid him. You still have, you would still keep Kyle Lowry, I think, although I think you should move on. But if you don't, that's fine. Not the end of the world. You still have Kyle, you still got Jimmy. Now you add in KD, you still have Jimmy Butler and you have Tyler Hero. I would assume if the Heat are going to add Bam in a trade, that third team would be the Pacers so they could try to bring in Miles Turner so they still have some type of size and some type of defensive something down low. But KD to the to the heat means Jimmy can go back to being the number one guy. Kyle Lowry's on the floor. And when Kyle Lowry's on the floor, he can just facilitate, which means Jimmy Butler can go back to being the, the 22, 25 point a night guy only when he really needs to. Tyler Hero can stay as the part plug, the spark plugs off the bench. There's now no pressure on Victor Lodipo, which means he can go back to being a pretty good potential all-star caliber player. And most importantly, Kevin Durant is back in the situation similar, not the exact same but similar to Golden State, where there is another guy he can rely on in crunch time that can either take the shot or take attention off of him so that he can take the shot. KD to the Heat makes the Heat a championship contender. I think KD to the Heat makes the Heat the second best team in the East. I would still give the nod to the Bucks, obviously. 
But aside from the Bucks, I don't think there would be a better team in the East outside of Milwaukee if KD goes to the Heat. And that's just me spitballing what a potential three-team trade would look like. Because if I know Pat Riley, and I think I do because he's the godfather, Pat mm-hmm. Riley, if he knows he has to move on from Bam, he's not moving on from Bam without getting a big to come back. He's not going to want to do that. Pat Riley's never been a proponent of small ball. He, that's never been Pat Riley's thing. So if Pat Riley's going to move on from Bam, he's going to get somebody back. The first guy that comes to mind, a guy that's always been kind of thrown up in trade talk, is Miles Turner. And that's not a bad starting lineup either. You got Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, uh, KD, and and uh, and Miles Turner. That's a solid starting five. And I think that's a team that could once again be the number one seed and be a legitimate. It wouldn't be boring basketball, and they'd be a legitimate NBA champion in my estimation. If that happens, no, I like that. I like that. I think that. Uh, I think that they'll be top three, top three, top. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm big on my Sixers, but you know, they will be, they will be over, they would be over the Sixers unless James Harden just, you know, what I don't want to see around. is KD to the Suns. That does not work. And the reason that doesn't work is because, A, there's not going to be any DeAndre Ayton. Who's going to be that reliable guy down low, number one? Number two, most importantly, you got Chris Paul. Okay, cool. You have Devin Booker. Okay, cool. You have KD. But the, there's not going to be any defense because their bench is their defense. You're going to have to send out Jay Crowder. You're going to have to send McCall Bridges whether you want to or not. Like the guys that make up your defensive heart and soul, those guys are going to have to go for you to bring in KD. That would be a worse trade, I think, for the Suns. Because while you're bringing in KD, you're sacrificing defense in a overpowered Western Conference offensively, where you have the Golden mm. State Warriors who just won the chip. You have Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. You've got the Grizzlies. I we I, I don't know why, but some, for some reason we've forgotten that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. exist in Denver. They're, They're going to be scary. The the I'm not a fan of it, but the New Orleans Pelicans are bringing Zion back. That's going to be a scary trio with Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. And just off topic, it's so crazy that just a couple of years ago, we were talking about how the age of the big three is over. And we're back two years later, and the, and the big threes are back. You, you got a big three in Golden State again. The, 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 when healthy, the Lakers have got a big three. It looks like the Suns are looking for a big three, although they kind of had one, but they'll lose it without. Like, the big yeah. three, the age of the big three is starting to come back. And I don't know why we hate it on so much because we're talking about some of the most entertaining basketball ever when you've got three guys on a team that you can really rely on. That, that makes for really good basketball. Yeah, no, I like that. See, I think it's like two, it's like two different types of big threes, right? Mm-hmm. You got the organic big threes. You got that with the Celtics. They had that with yeah. Jason Tatum, Jalen yeah. Brown, Marcus Smart. Uh, you know, in Miami, it was uh, – I'm. I guess you could put Tyler Hero in there, but you know they had, you know they had Jimmy, they had Bam, they had Kyle Lowry, they had Tyler. You know that's kind of organic. You know they got kind of traded for guys with the Lakers and the Nets. Uh, I think because it wasn't organic, and because you have these three guys with max contracts, uh, yeah. and just everybody else on the bench is just like you know on yeah. veteran minimum deals chasing for a ring. It's like if one guy gets injured, it's over. Like that's mm-hmm. that that's that that's the problem with, with the with the Lakers. Yeah. If AD is injured, it's reps. I don't care if Kyrie comes there, it's reps. If 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 AD is not healthy, with mm-hmm. the w- with the Nets, when Ky when Kyrie went down, who they have you know on the bench? I mean, they had a Patty Mills. They had, they had I mean they didn't even have nobody really. They had Mike James playing for them last season. 
Uh, so it was like the, the the big three is cool. You have three superstars, but if one of those superstars goes down with injury, you can't recover. With these organic led big threes, it's like okay, you know, even though you know one, even though Clay Thompson might not have it, even though he's you know in and out, and you know he might not not have it some nights. Y'all still got a guy in Andrew Wiggins. Y'all still got a guy in Jordan Poole, who y'all drafted. Um, and that's what separates the organic big threes from the the uh, player-made big threes because they can afford to have a superstar get injured and all that because they have a good bench, like you said. But I think with the feet, with, with, with the Suns and the Heat, uh, I think that the, the conference matters because you have the you have the Warriors. Uh, yeah. You got, you know, the Grizzlies who are going to be coming. You got the, um, you got the Nuggets who are going to be coming. You got the the Clippers going to be coming. I didn't you even mention the Clippers. They got, got a, a big three now with, man, with Leonard and Georgia. You got a bunch of teams. So uh, I do think that the Suns are a deeper team, like currently constructed than the Heat. So mm-hmm. I think even, so I think, you know, and again, a guy like, like KD, you have to, Give them the farm. Gotta give the Nets the farm. And and that's the thing too, is and, and you and I are on the same page about I think we are about how how lovely it is to see players feel empowered to like ask out, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about that though. And this is another reason why I am not all up in arms about people that are upset with Kevin Durant asking out to trade. Kevin Durant has four years left on his contract. Kevin Durant is a player that you give up the farm for, but if you're one of these other teams in the NBA, are you willing to give up the farm for a guy that could potentially ask out with multiple years left on his contract? That is the one drawback to trading for Kevin Durant. Now, I believe, and I understand it, but I don't subscribe to it. I do think that if Kevin Durant gets traded to somewhere where he wants to be, where he thinks he can win, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. He is not one of those guys where you have to worry about a situation um, where he's forcing out every year or every other year. That's not something you worry about with KD. What you worry about with Kevin Durant is health at this point. Because when he's healthy, he's giving you 30 a night. So if he goes to Toronto, you think he's playing with them? If they give up the farm, now you got to think that's a, that's a worse, that's a, Roster wise, that's worse. I'll than be the honest. Nets. I'll be honest. I think so. Mm. I think as long as the Raptors can keep Fred Van Vliet, obviously they're going to want to keep Scotty Barnes. I think he would want to play there because I because Toronto isn't a bad place to play. The one issue with going to Toronto though is the last superstar to get traded to Toronto won a chip. Mm. That's the one thing. And I think at this point for Kevin Durant, and I don't know if he's considering this, and I don't think he should. But again, we're talking about being spoiled and we're talking about the fans and the media, right? If you are Kevin Durant and you really want to silence the doubters, you got to go somewhere that that, that needs it. You have to go somewhere that hasn't sniffed that greatness or hasn't experienced that greatness you got to go somewhere that if you go you will be appreciated no matter who else is on the team so we're talking about either a young team or potentially because we for some reason 
our generation likes to draw these nonsensical in insequential uh non-sequential rather comparisons to lebron james a homecoming like something either kevin durant's going back to okc oh man kevin durant's going fun. to a young team that is what needs to happen kevin durant needs to go somewhere and he has a say in this and if you're and if you're going if you're actually going to a young team it works in your favor kevin durant needs to go to a young team that doesn't have too much chemistry but has just enough where you can go be recognized as the guy and still rely on those young guys. So I'm not going to send them to a team like Cleveland because that could really mess it up because I like what they got going on in Cleveland. You got you, the LeBron factor. Of yeah, course. Yeah, if you're yeah, and there's the LeBron factor, right? So if you're going to, if you're, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm going to be honest, and this might sound crazy. I'm thinking about what it would be like potentially to go to Detroit, what it would maybe be like to go to Portland, maybe what it would be like to go to Charlotte. Or would be like to go back home to OKC. Those are the four teams because all four of those teams, three of them, well, Charlotte's never won a chip, right? Yeah. It's been the Detroit hasn't won a chip since the 80s. Uh, Portland hasn't won a chip. They haven't been in the finals since Jordan. I mean, they haven't I mean, been in the finals since Clyde, if they've even won one. And I think they've won one, but they haven't been in the finals since Clyde. And the Thunder haven't been good since they left Seattle. Those are your four options if you're Kevin Durant because those are four places where you can go, where you can go and you can be you, you can hoop. And if I have to pick the best option, I'm looking at either Portland or I'm looking. I love Portland. Those are the two options. I love Portland. And the reason why is because you've got Dame, you have Nurkic, you can go be that wing. You can go do that and you can be that wing. And they have Jeremy Grant, but I'm sure they'd probably have to give up Jeremy Grant if they're going to bring in. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Right? If you're talking about OKC, that's where it gets a little bit dicey. But OKC has so many draft picks that they don't necessarily have to trade players on the roster. They can just trade a whole bunch of picks. Of course, you have to give up something. But as long as you can keep on the SGA, obviously you want to keep Chet. If you can keep Chet, if you can keep Josh Giddy, bring in KD and trade a whole bunch of picks and some depth. We're talking like Trey Man and uh, maybe uh, Poku and some of those other talents. Yeah. And you can keep Giddy and SGA and Chet. That's a chef kiss. That's amazing. That's, that's something but right there. If you're KD, because KD has a say in this, we don't. Obviously, you know the Nets are going to say oh, we're going to we're going to send him whatever gets the best package. Yeah, that's what every team is supposed to say. KD has a say. KD should want to go to a young team. I think he should. No, he should I absolutely want to go to a young team, a team that like doesn't that have any thing. doesn't have any real any real um, any real sense of. Uh, any real sense of success lately that needs it but they're young enough where they're going to respect you and these are places where KD can attract maybe not the best the best but people would might want to go to Charlotte to play with KD people might want to go to Portland to play with KD and Dane people yeah. might want to go to OKC potentially right there's options these aren't the these aren't the sexiest places but there's places that you can go because it's not just Kevin it's Kevin and someone else, whether it's a young guy or it's a bona fide star. If I had to pick, yeah. though, I'd pick Portland because Portland's the best option, I think. Yeah, I love Absolutely. Portland. I love option. Portland because now, you know, it's not like going to a team. They 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 missed the playoffs last season. So it's not like kind of the problem I had with him in Phoenix and Miami. It's like these were two of the, top the two best teams in basketball. I played the best teams in basketball. So, uh, that, that's still like that. That you still like you know speaking to, to that narrative of like you know 
you just hopped on the bandwagon and all that, which, you know, isn't true, isn't the same thing as, obviously, him going to Golden State versus him going to, like, Phoenix or Miami. But that's but that narrative is still going to go around. I think him going to Portland, now it's like, you know, they got swept by Golden State in the conference finals, right? They were never even close to them, even though it might have looked like that. They were never even close to Golden State. Even when KD got injured in the conference finals, uh, prior to or, or the series prior to, and Steph and Clay waxed them, you know, swept them guys, right? So I think for him to go to Portland and get a ring with Dame, that's the leader of the. That's the leader, uh, and I think Katie is looking to just hoop. He's he's looking to just hoop. He's not looking to lead nobody. He's not he's not that leader. He's pretty much told us or not not told us, but shown us that. He's he's a he's a he's a hooper, but in terms of leading people, that's not his forte. But in Portland, he can just hoop, and then if he wins, it's like I didn't got Dame, who was never ever gonna sniff the finals or get a chip ever. I got him a ring too. That will look good for optics as well. Now the last point with uh, him in Miami, I do think that put uh, him going to Miami. That's a lot of pressure on KD because sure. now it's like. Brian, he went there. He got two rings. If you don't get a ring in Miami, now you're like, even that now you're gonna be compared to Brian even more. Like you're not that guy and all this. So I think if he goes to Portland, and look, it's out the it's out the way. You can just hoop. It's not gonna be too much media over there. Like like how it is in New York. Like how it is. You he's got to go somewhere ever. where no one's ever been. Like he's got to go somewhere where no current superstar has been so poor change and change that franchise and change that franchise around so i'm you know i've been i've been on kd but it's only because i know the greatness in him and i thought that he could be a leader yeah he's not but you know let's see him hoop and try to get another ring i want to get into start bench cut we're gonna have a couple of a couple of um you know uh little players let me uh pull this up uh, let me know when you're ready, and I'm gonna start with the the, the first group of players. You ready? Start bench cut. Start bench cuts always get me in trouble. So let, let's let's do let's it. Let's get it. Let's get it. So start bench cut. Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler. Are we just based on this season? Are we projecting? How are we doing this? We projecting this or just based like who you want coming in the next season? Who do you want on your team? Start Jimmy, of course. That one's, I think he's clearly the best of the three. You have to bench Jalen and cut Brandon Ingram. But it's not because Brandon Ingram's bad. It's because Jalen Brown is a number two option on a championship winning team or potentially a championship winning team. And as much as I love Brandon Ingram, the one thing that he lacks that the other two don't is the defense. He can score with Jimmy and he can score with Jalen Brown, but Jimmy's a better defender and Jalen Brown is a slightly better defender. So start Jimmy, cut Jalen or start, start Jimmy, bench Jalen, cut Brandon. I'm going to same way. Start Jimmy. Uh, he's got the offense. He's got the defense. He's that leader. He can be, the best I feel like if a team is really surrounded by Jimmy, he has a lot of pieces 
uh, he can be the best player on championship team. He got he at least has the intangibles. Ben Jalen Brown, I'm right with you, and cut Bi. Now the reason why I said cut Bi and bench Jalen Brown is because I see JB have that dog in him. Like he's got that like you know like he's going to go at you. Yep. I see with Brandon Ingram, he's going to get you buckets. But is he going to go at you every single night on on defense and, and on offense? I get that vibe from Jalen Brown. I don't get that vibe from Ben Ingram. Maybe maybe we'll see next season. He got Zion with him, right? Now he's got CJ McCollum. So we'll see what he does. But in terms of that dog, that oomph, got to go with JB. Now we're going our next one. We got start, bench, cut. Let me pull this up. Luka Doncic. Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, who you got? Start Luka, bench Kevin, cut Jokic. That's Ooh, this was quick. That's so easy for me. Ooh. I, I, while I do think that KD is the best player in the world, I do think that. Luka is younger, and Luka's a more prolific scorer than KD is right now. Right now, he's more prolific scorer. You, defenses have more problems with Luka than they do with KD. They're both very unique, and I would flip it either way. But with Luka, the one the, the one thing that puts it over the edge for me with Luka is because he's so young. KD, we already know how I feel about KD. Jokic, Jokic is a two-time reigning MVP, and that's all good and grand. But you can, you can find someone to fill Nikola Jokic's shoes. With the way that Denver plays basketball, and I mean this wholeheartedly, with the way that Denver plays basketball, it might not be at the level of Jokic because he's averaging close to 30 and he's in, in, in but, but you can find someone, and I'll give you a perfect example. His name is maybe DeAndre Ayan or maybe Clint Capella. You mm. could put either of those guys in Denver. They would average, I think, 20, 15, and 7. Jokic is averaging much more. He's averaging more assists than he is. He's averaging more assists than 7 assists because he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a passer. But Clint Capella and DeAndre Ayton are better defenders than Nikola Jokic. And it's not that Nikola Jokic is a bad defender, but I think we give Jokic too much credit defensively. It is very oh, yeah, he's hard. Not, yeah, he's not in their atmosphere. He's right. It is very hard to find someone as unique at the game of basketball as Luka Doncic it's even harder to find someone as a leader of the game of basketball as Kevin Durant because we've never seen in the history of basketball a seven-foot sharpshooter that could pull up from anywhere. Like, anywhere. Steph Curry or, or Kevin Durant can hit a shot. I put Luka over KD because he's younger and because Luka still has room to improve defensively. I don't think Kevin Durant cares about improving defensively anymore. He can play defense when it really matters. But as far as like the full 48, like that dog you're talking about, I don't think KD has the – I don't think he wants to – I don't think it matters to KD if he improves defensively at this point because of how old he is. Yeah. Luka's still in a position where he can still improve defensively. And we're talking about a guy who can shoot it from anywhere, who has handles, the ball's on a string, he's got a great IQ, he can pass the ball, you add defense to that, that's a nasty, nasty, nasty basketball player. Luka, KD, Jokic. Here, I'll go. 
I like your picks. I like your picks. I'll go start Luka. Bench Jokic. Cut KD. People gonna be like, I'm gonna have this on Twitter. People are like, yo, like, yo, cut KD. How could you do that? Look, hear me out. I'm starting Luka because he has done the most with less in mm-hmm. his career. Sure. Jokic. He hadn't had Jamal Murray. Hasn't had Michael Porter Jr. He's still leading his team to the playoffs. Now, KD, unlike these guys, he's been injured. He hasn't been as healthy. If you talk about availability, talk about, I think, just from an A2 games into the playoffs, I'm going to get more out of Luka and out of Jokic than I will with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think Luka and Jokic would love to be in KD's shoes. KD got Simmons. KD got Kyrie. KD has Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Nick Klassen. That's a championship-level team. Luka Doncic's second-best player was Jalen Brunson, who everybody was saying was overpaid. I bet he would love to have a roster like Kevin Durant. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray was out. Michael Porter Jr. was out. His second best player was Aaron Gordon for most of the year. I bet he would die to be in that situation in Brooklyn. So that's why I have the edge uh, with giving Luka and Jokic over KD. But not saying people don't know it's not it's not all the time. I think I think people will get uh, a little mixed up with KD all time versus you know me picking Luka and Jokic over him right now. Like you said, like like we said earlier. Katie, he's got some injury history. And, you know, past few seasons, he hasn't been healthy since Golden State, right? So I think health has played a factor, but those are those two guys that, you know, I would have over KD. Now we're going to get into our last start bench cut. Lonzo Ball, Jalen Brunson, De'Aaron Fox. Start bench cut. Lonzo, I'd start Lonzo. Start Lonzo, Ben Jalen Brunson, cut De'Aaron Fox. I gotta hear this. Why cut De'Aaron Fox? Um. So, uh, so okay, so I, I'd start Lonzo really because Lonzo's IQ is insane. Lonzo is one of the best defenders at the guard position in the league. Um, and when he's healthy, he's a lock for – at his best, and when he's healthy, he's a lock for 12 assists a night. Just on an average night, he'd give you around eight. But I think at his best, if he – at his best, if Lonzo played his best all 82, he'd give you – or however many games he plays, he'd give you 12 assists a night. Um, mm. I'd bench Jalen Brunson because – there aren't many players in the league that can get their own shot. And Jalen Brunson's not the best at it, but he can get his own shot. And we saw that in the series this past season. Can De'Aaron season. Fox not get his own um, shot? De'Aaron Fox can get his own shot, but Jalen Brunson has thrived at being a reliable number two that, when necessary, can step up and fill the void of the number one. Right? It's the same right. reason why we love Jalen Brown. Because Jalen Brown is a very reliable number two, but when he has to, he could be the number one. De'Aaron Fox is a victim of his own situation. 
Unfortunately, he was drafted by the Sacramento Kings, which is a dumpster organization. De'Aaron Fox is spectacular. He is a phenomenal player. And it's not that Jalen, and it's not that De'Aaron Fox is bad or that I particularly think that Jalen Brunson is better than De'Aaron Fox. It's just De'Aaron Fox has to do so much in Sacramento that it is hard for to, for, to me anyway, from my perception, it is hard to pinpoint specifically the one thing that De'Aaron Fox does that would separate your team from the rest if you had him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, like there are things that Lonzo Ball does that separates him from the pack. He's a very good facilitator and he's a good defender. There are good facilitators in the NBA. There are good defenders in the NBA. There are not many players in the NBA that are both. Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons would be the only two that come to mind off the top of my head that are both really good defenders and really good facilitators. And I'm not, when I say really good, I mean all NBA caliber. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Put De'Aaron Fox on the Bulls, swap him out with Lonzo Ball. Do you think the Bulls go farther? No. Mm. That's not a De'Aaron, that's not a De'Aaron Fox thing. That's just I don't think the Bulls. I think the Bulls are still a first round exit. They're they're still a lot away. Like they're still missing a lot of depth. So so that's not this is De'Aaron Fox right now, and I mean this. If De'Aaron Fox because I think what De'Aaron Fox is missing is a reliable number two in his backcourt. Like, if you put De'Aaron Fox in Charlotte, that's a playoff team. If you put De'Aaron Fox, um, I think if you put De'Aaron Fox in New Orleans and you put C.J. McCollum back at the two where he belongs, that's a second-round basketball team because they've got depth and they have a lot more pieces. The Bulls, they've got DeMar and they have Zach Levine, and that's cool. Outside of that, though, there's not much in Chicago. And I know they've got Vooch, but Vooch is unreliable. He's a good basketball player, but he's not reliable. Not it. He's not reliable. So the only reason why I'm cutting De'Aaron Fox, it really has nothing to do with De'Aaron Fox and everything to do with just because of the situation he's in. He's asked to do a lot more outside of his skill set. And I think that has unfortunately diminished his abilities just a little bit to the point where it's not that he's a bad player. He is still one of the better young players in basketball, but because he's asked to do so much outside of his skill set that I don't think he was really ready for, mm-hmm. it's kind of caused him to take a step back in Sacramento. Like if he was in a position where he could just be him and be that guy that pushes the pace, like what John Wall was in Washington, which is what we all compared him to when he was drafted. If he yeah. could be in a situation like that, where he's got a reliable number two in his backcourt, he's got a big man that he can rely on down low and he can just kind of push the pace and facilitate and just be that guy in the clutch, I would absolutely take De'Aaron Fox over both of them, 100%. He's, asked to do a little, he's been asked to do a little bit too much, and that's been to his detriment. And when you ask a young player to do too much too soon, it puts a cap on how great they can be. Mm. That's the only reason why I'd cut De'Aaron Fox is because of his situation and how it – he could be so much better, I think. He's just in a terrible position right now. No, fast. I think – the fact that he is a victim of his situation that propels him uh, to be the best out of this group, in my opinion. So I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to say start De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. bench Jalen Brunson, cut Lonzo Ball. So it's basically like the complete opposite. So I'm starting De'Aaron Fox because I think if you put him and 
Richard Jefferson said this best. We got to start blaming a lot of these teams for being just terrible organizations, being yeah. terrible at player development. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, if you put him in any competent organization, he's going to be an all, like he would have already been an all-star by now. Like if he oh, was, if he was if, if, if he was in the East, he's going to be an all-star, you know, I, you know, depending on which team he would be on in the West, he'd be an all-star as well, but it is a tougher conference guard wise, especially too. But I think change his scenery. If he's not that with the, with the, with the bum Kings, he's going to be an all-star in this league. So that's why I have him starting. And another thing with De'Aaron Fox, I he can be that go-to guy for a team. I can't trust Lonzo to be that go-to guy for a team. And that's what a lot of teams, they, they don't have like a go-to guy. They got some guys that can facilitate. You can, you can get a guy that can give you six assists, give you seven assists, right? There's some role players that can do that and give you some rebounds too. Uh, but again, creating their own shot, like too many, too many nights, Lonzo, he might have 15 points. Next, next night he has seven points. I'm like, come on, where's the consistency at? Now, if his can now if, if his points were as consistent as his assists and rebounds, oh now we now now we're working with some. But I have De'Aaron Fox start. I got Jalen Brunson on the bench, similarly to De'Aaron Fox. I trust I trust Jalen Brunson down the stretch more than I trust Lonzo Ball. So when we talk about just having it every single night, some nights Lonzo has it. Other nights, uh, he's not all the way in. He's not, you know, he can not, now look, he can do more things on the court than both those guys can do. But at what they do, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brunson, I feel like they do what, I feel like in terms of getting their own shot, in terms of being that go-to guy, especially when Dylan Brunson didn't have Luka. I mean, he was cooking, cooking. So uh, I think being that go-to guy, that that's what puts them over the top. But I want to see, because if Lonzo, Lonzo could be so great, because he has, because he, he's good at the things that you can't teach. You can't teach good IQ. I mean, you're born with it. You can't teach being a great passer. You can't teach just having an eye for, you know, getting rebounds. You can teach on somebody. You can teach somebody to have a good shot. You can you can teach somebody to get to, to get to get a bad to get some you know you know to create their own shot. If he creates his own shot, or he'll end up being a top ten point guard in this league. But he he got to have it every night, and I, you know that's what he's missing. Uh, but man, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I expected to be this long, but it was just a pleasure, man. I, I know that. Too much. That's my bad. No, you all good. You all good. I mean, it's, been, it's definitely been a pleasure. Uh, I know you was you just got off work, or you're, you're coming back from that DC traffic, and all that came right back to the computer to hop on this episode. But man, uh, thank you for hopping on. Uh, I appreciate you for having me on. It's been it's been a minute. Uh, so I'm I'm I'm. It's always a pleasure to talk hoops with you, man. I'm I'm glad to be back on the show. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, later on in the future, uh, once NFL creeps back up, could be my guy to uh, hop on, talk some Eagles, talk, you know. Uh, you a uh, Washington fan? No, Packers fan. Pack- oh, you definitely are a Packers fan. Oh, we definitely got to talk about this. Too. <laughs> talk- so tune in. So if y'all listening, tune in for that. Got some stuff lined up for y'all soon. Uh, but again, this is Real Talk with Miles Johnson, where y'all know I always keep it real. I'm out, y'all.